are in part three of a four-part series called The Toots. If you remember the emojis everywhere. And so I have a little um, recap. Part one, we talked about an a- the attitude, the way an attitude can impact us and how we can it affects us and the different things and, and just an introduction just, just to the, po- the, the need for a positive attitude. Week two, we talked about changing our attitude and how it, what steps we could take, how we could quarantine those things that are help, that kind of make us have a negative attitude and things like that. And so part three, I get to talk about having a good attitude through difficulty in the middle of hard times, having that good attitude. It's such a challenge sometimes, isn't it? I think I had to spend more time on this sermon making sure that I was getting my heart where it needed to be, that it actually was like actually understanding what the Lord had to say because the Word is full of great examples of how when we can set our eyes and set our heart on a right attitude throughout whatever we're going through, that the Lord... um, he, we grow and we become who we need to be in that situation. And that's what we see all throughout the gospel. We see that when people had a right attitude, when they have the word of God on something, that it sets their heart, it sets their tone. You know, difficulty is inevitable. At some point in our lives, we are going to be faced with a situation either personally where we have to walk through sickness or we have to walk through tough times and trials or we have to experience hatred. We are going to experience difficulty or someone very close close to us will, which sometimes is even harder. That's inevitable. Even if you think of that far off beach that you want to run away to, even there, they're going to be a hurricane. There's going to be a hurricane eventually, right? At some point, we will all encounter difficulties and hard times. We can't run away from it. But what we can do is say, what do we do in the middle of that? How can we be who we need to be? And I love that we can read in so many places in the Bible where, uh, where we saw people overcome difficulty. You know, Pastor Jonathan talked about Paul and Silas being in jail and worshiping and singing there in that moment and everything. I love how we, we read about Daniel, and Daniel and his friends were in a situation where they were asked to compromise who they were, and they really said, you know what, we can just P90X this thing. If we just eat right and do right, we'll be able, we promise God will show strong through it and through everything. Joseph was thrown in prison, and while he's in prison, he was like, is there a job I could do while I'm here? Maybe I could improve some things. Maybe I could be in charge of that. You know, I love when when uh, David's brothers saw Goliath. They said, he is so big, there's no way we can win. And what did David say? He's so big, I can't miss. Whatever I do, there's no way I can fail. This guy is huge. Any target, I can hit it and knock it out. And that's what we have to take on the attitude that we see in the Bible. One person, another group, that we see is when Peter and the apostles, they're out sharing the gospel and they get thrown in, uh, they get thrown in prison. And while they're in prison, the doors open and miraculously they're let out of prison. So the guys that throw them in go to get them the next day and they say, where are they? They said, they're right back out preaching again. This infuriates the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees. And so they call them to trial. They're on the trial of their lives. And we see that in Acts chapter five and verse 40. Acts chapter 5, verse 40 and 42, it says, um, it, what, what's, what give you a little background here, what happened is, is that they were about to kill them, and, and uh, Gamaliel, a Pharisee, says, you know what, guys, let's not make them martyrs. 
Because if this is of God, we can't stand against it anyway. But if it's not, think about all the other things that have gone and how it's passed. And, and let's just, let's just let this, let's ride this one out. So it says in verse 40, his speech persuaded them. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. That means beat really bad, okay? The apostles get flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. They'd just been flogged, rejoicing that they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news. The good news. This guy, Jesus, will get you beat. Isn't that wonderful? No, that wasn't the good news. The good news was a Savior had come to their people. There was, a, there was hope. There was a way. And despite beatings and, and persecution and potentially being killed, they proclaimed the good news that Jesus was the Christ. That is amazing. I got to tell you, sometimes it doesn't take much for me to not have a good attitude right? And maybe I'm only, the only one in here, but, but sometimes it can just take the slightest thing. It's definitely nothing near a beating. And all of a sudden, my, I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I'm going back to bed. Change it. Don't want today to happen. I, a reverse. Okay. I'll start over again. We get that way because we have to set our attitude right and what God is doing. Even in our generation, we see modern day heroes. I was reading about a man named Bill Robinson. He is actually the longest enlisted man to be a prisoner of war. He was a prisoner of war for seven and a half years during the Vietnam War. Seven and a half years of torture and um, mental as well as physical, uh, being left days in, uh, in, a, in a room only four foot tall, half full of water. Just, just the torture that you read about that this man went through. And yet, and being told your country doesn't love you anymore. No one cares about you. No one wants to know where you are. He said every day he remembered the scriptures that his mom had taught him. And every day he said, I'm going to keep a good attitude. And I'm going to say to myself, I just got here yesterday. Today I'm here and tomorrow I'm leaving. And for seven and a half years he kept that attitude until he was finally released and after and his family testifies that later he was not a bitter man he never even he he had he walked in such forgiveness and he walked in such love and he credits that and they credit that to maintaining a good attitude through the most extreme difficulty and so not only does um does that help us sustain but it makes us who we are all of these people it 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 makes us the strong person that God needs us to be for the things that he has planned for us we have one of our actually our personal heroes is one of our missionaries. His name is Brad Stroop. If you've had the chance to meet him, you know you're, he's, he's a really amazing guy. And Brad has an incredible attitude. And as I was preparing, I said, I would love to capture the, Brad's journey and Brad's story. Brad actually uh, oversees a prayer room for almost 12 years in September. There will be 12 years that a group of young adults have been praying every morning at 5 a.m., not never stopping 12 a.m. They're now up to 18 hours a day of prayer going on at the prayer room in, in the Arlington area. It's absolutely incredible. So we got a lot of videos for you this morning. Here's Brad's story if you want to hear it. Hey, I'm Brad Stroop, and I'm the director of the Prayer Room Missions Base. What is a Prayer Room Missions Base, you ask? Glad you asked. So we do 18 hours a day of live prayer and worship. We're over in the Arlington area. We started about 12 years ago. And so we pray for revival. And uh, there are people that are in here all day long just crying out to Jesus. It's a pretty cool job, actually. I'm pretty stoked that I get to do this as a job. But life was not always so glamorous as you might think. 
So I can remember back, uh, you know, over the years, the different trials and difficulties, and what has really gotten me through has been just having a positive attitude, just deciding we're gonna get through this, things are gonna be okay. I can really trace it back to the first time I can remember like cognitively making the decision that I'm not gonna let stuff get to me. I was in sixth grade and I got a confession, I was the fat kid, yep, it's real. A little few extra pounds, a little too many cheeseburgers, they went a long way. And so I was always given a hard time. People would pick on me. And I just remember one day in the sixth grade, just making a decision. I was like, why am I always getting picked on? Why does that, why do I let that bug me so much? And I decided, you know, if I'm going to be the fat kid, I'm going to be the funny fat kid that everybody likes. And I just made like a switch of thinking. And I changed my attitude in a moment because I decided I didn't want to get picked on anymore. I decided I didn't want to be bullied and downcast. And so I made a shift and I I can really trace a lot back to that moment when I made the decision that I'm going to just have a positive attitude. And from then forward, I just tried to make the best of every situation. And, and when people would start picking on me, I just decided, you know what? It's okay. Just roll with it and, and just pop off a joke and just make it lighthearted. Let's let everybody be able to have a good time here. Not just them picking on me, but why not me too? Have a good time. And so from that point forward, there have been moments in time that I've continued to just kind of trace back to that same concept of, I'm not going to let this situation own me. I'm going to have an upbeat attitude. I'm going to make my way through this and let's let the Lord do some awesome stuff. So today it's uh, 2017. We started this thing in 2005. We've seen so many ups and downs and so many times I can remember being in prayer meetings, even back in my living room when we first started going, Lord, is this ever going to go anywhere? Is this ever going to grow? I can remember some prayer meetings where it was just me and I made the decision, you know what? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to believe God. He's going to get me through this. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Uh, the Lord will not give us more than we can handle. The Lord is with me. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Just remembering those things and hanging on to truth and pressing in. And I'll tell you what, that good attitude has seen me through so many difficulties, so many trials. And now we've got this incredible facility that the Lord gave us through a bunch of wild stories and miracles. We've seen uh, people healed. We've seen people saved. We've seen so many awesome things happen. And I really just look back to so much of it, tracing back to a decision I made when I was like 12 years old that I was going to have a good attitude no matter what came. And if you've ever been around Brad, he is absolutely incredible. They've gotten to a spot where they didn't know how they were going to pay the bills, and, and they were just like, it's okay, God's going to do it. And literally, people have left cash on a doorstep that they didn't know about. The stories are, are absolutely incredible. But he maintained this, this uh, positive attitude, this great attitude through it, not because of his own goodness, but because of the Lord's goodness and because of what he believed. It's that attitude that keeps us strong. And y'all are going to have to forgive me. I'm not used to the pulpit being way down here. I can't see. I'm used to it being up here. So this is totally different. I have to lean over. So I love how Maxwell said it. He said it like this, a person with an outstanding attitude makes the best of it while he gets the worst of it. You know that kind of person? You're like, how do they still have a good attitude in the middle of this, in the worst possible situations? But that's a person who's chosen to have an outstanding attitude. The difficulties that we go through, they don't have to define us, but they can refine us if we let the Lord. If we let the Lord say, through this difficulty, Lord, I'm going to choose to say, I am going to maintain a positive attitude, and I am going to believe that you've got it all under control. And as a result, it's going to be okay. Make me who you want me to be. When we were meeting with Brad and we were shooting this, I said, okay, Brad, but I just got to ask you. I just got to ask you, what do you do, though, when it just, it just gets so frustrating and nothing's working out and everything's just, nothing's doing it? And he goes, you know, I say, Lord, what are you doing in me right now? 
What are, you, what are you trying to accomplish in me? How can I become everything I need to be so that you can do more in this kingdom and more in this earth? And I was like, oh, okay, fine, Brad, that's good. So, but we have, to, we have to have that good attitude through difficulty. But it's not always easy, is it? It is such a challenge when the circumstances don't, don't show that, that things are going to be okay. When it doesn't look like tomorrow, then anything's going to be different. But I want to share, I want to encourage you with just four ways that I believe that we can do that, that we we can hold to that good attitude. And the first way is we just have to make a choice. We have to choose to have an attitude of faith. It is a choice we make just as much as we choose A or B, or we have to choose an attitude of faith. You know, it's uh, the sun's out right now, right? But in about a few hours, it won't be out anymore. About 12 hours from now, it'll be dark. It'll be dark everywhere. But that doesn't mean the sun's not still out. And you say, well, well yeah, Jamie, of course. But, you know, that's faith. We believe the sun still exists, the sun still shines, and it'll be here tomorrow. We live that way as if everything's fine. And yet when we go through situations where we can't see the hand of God, we can't see, Lord, where are you? It doesn't feel it. Worship didn't feel like it was normally feeling this morning or things aren't working out. You know, somebody told me if I do X, Y, Z, then I'm going to have better relationships at work. Or, or I've been trying to do the things that you said. I've started reading a daily devotion and yet things aren't, it does, it's not working. It's not working. Fix it, fix it. But you know, we, we live a life of faith that we don't even know we do. We live as if tomorrow comes because we have faith in the rotation of the earth. But how much more do we need to say, Lord, I have faith and I believe. I believe that you're here in this situation, even though I'm not seeing it right here and right now. It feels very dark in this moment, Lord, but I'm going to choose to believe that, that light is dawning, that's, that things are happening and things are changing. Amen? The other thing we have to believe, we have to know that whatever we're walking through, it has a beginning and it has an end. We have to know that. If you didn't believe the birds, believe Ecclesiastes, right? The band, there was a band, just for any of you born in the 70s or later. It said to everything, there is a season, there is a time. And we have to know that. And we can't call it till it's over. It would be like at halftime saying, we know the winner. We know how this one goes. I've seen this one before. And I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, the more I can tend to do that. Oh, seen this one before. I know how this one ends. You know, you get in the movie, and as soon as it starts up, the hero's going to die. You know, this is a Nicholas Sparks movie. It all ends bad, right? It's like the way it's going to go. But, but we have to know that there is an end to whatever difficulty. And as a believer, we know the end is a good one. We know the story ends well. And it doesn't feel like it in that moment, but we choose to know that whatever we're walking through, whatever year this has been, it ends, and it ends well. And we have to make a choice for that, because sometimes it doesn't seem that way, does it? The other, and so Revelations 21.4 says this, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. If you are walking through a season where you feel like it's a season of death, we've been through them, or a season of mourning, or a season of crying, besides menopause, right? Or a season of pain. <laughs> I'm not crying, I can't stop. So, um, there will be a season, it's coming. There will be a season with no more crying and no more pain. And we have to choose to believe that even when the circumstances tell us otherwise. We have to choose to believe that our God is bigger than the problem that is trying to shove itself in our face. Because problems love to be big in your world. 
They love to get in your face and consume everything you think about and talk about. And we have to choose to put that problem in perspective and say, my God is bigger than any problem. And the other thing we have to choose to believe is that you're bigger than that problem. Because sometimes I think, well, yeah, God's bigger, but I can't handle this one. This is, this is more. I'm done. I'm done. Tap out. I can't handle this anymore. But we have to choose to believe that God knows that you're bigger than this problem. I have scripture to back it up. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You've heard it before. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. The, uh, Bill Robinson, the POW, said this is the scripture he held to day after day after day. I don't think I could have endured the things I read that they endure. But he held every day. The Lord said that I will not be given something that I cannot handle. He will not allow me to go beyond what I can be tempted. And so when the Lord, you know, we just started working out, and Adam will say, try this weight. I'm like, oh, I can't do that weight. Give me the little one. Give me the little one. I'll do the little one. And he'll say, Jamie, at some point, you got to do a little bit more. you got to take on a little bit more. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Because you know what? Somebody else, because the Lord knows, you can handle this. You're stronger than you know. You're stronger than you want to know because to know it, you got to have a little bit of weight, right? To know that. And so whatever you're facing, whatever that difficulty, the Lord knows that you can do this and you can choose to believe that he wouldn't have put a weight on me that I can't press, that I can't push, that I can't handle. And so I can do this. And together we can set that bar. We can set that attitude. That's faith. I choose to believe it's going to get better. I choose to believe this has a stopping point. I choose to believe the sun's going to dawn the next day and come back. And things are going to change, right? It's the only thing we can count on. At some point, it's going to change. The second thing we have to do is we have to focus on the good through the bad. I didn't say, and don't think about the bad, because the bad's there. It's part of things we have to mitigate. We live in a fallen world. But we have to focus on the good through the bad. There was a quote I read from a modern-day poet that I just can't get away from, and I love it. It says this, There is a magnificent, beautiful, wonderful painting in front of you. It is intricate, detailed, a painstaking labor of devotion and love. The colors are like no other. They swim and leap. They trickle and embellish. And yet you choose to fixate your eyes on the small fly which has landed on this masterpiece. Why do you do such a thing? How many people, how many times do we do that? The Lord has a masterpiece painted in front of us. He has a masterpiece planned for us. And we can fixate on a fly that has landed on this masterpiece for this little moment, and it'll go away. And we spend so much time investing in that, don't we? We have to set our minds and set our eyes on the painting and the masterpiece plan that God has for us. We have to focus on that beautiful picture that he has for us. You know, there once was a monastery that was very strict. This is Pop's joke. I stole it. Following a vow of silence, no one was allowed to speak at all. But there was one exception to this rule. Every 10 years, the monk was permitted to speak just two words. After spending his first two years at the monastery, one monk went to the head monk. It's been ten years, said the head monk. What are the two words you'd like to speak? Bed hard, said the monk. I see, replied the head monk. Ten years later, the monk returned to the head monk's office. It's been ten more years, said the head monk. What two words would you like to speak? Food stinks, said the monk. I see, replied the head monk. 
And yet another ten years passed, and the monk once again met with the head monk who asked, What are your two words now? The monk said, I quit. Well, I can see why, replied the head monk. All you ever do is complain. (laughs) Sometimes all that we do is focus on the negative and focus on the bad. We have to focus on the good despite the bad. Paul did this. He understood this. 2 Corinthians 4.8. We are hard-pressed on every side. Things are bad, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry in our, in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our bodies. Instead of focusing on the bad and knowing that that is our downfall, know that that is a reminder of the life of Christ. The death of Christ is a reminder of the life of Christ. It's a transformation of I'm going to focus on what God has planned despite the challenges and whatever we're facing in those moments. So I get it. Sometimes it feels like you have been dealt the wrong hand and like you're being asked to play a game that you didn't even know. Like this is not fair. The rules are not working out for me. Everything is stacked against me. But we have to say no, no matter what, we know that God is making us who we are through the challenges and through the difficulties. So Paul said later in verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. When people say that they have light and momentary, and then you read what they went through, you think, wow, if that's light and momentary, I don't even know what to categorize mine as, right? Because they're so, the, the, um, they can pale in comparison to what we see believers, even believers in this world. Every month, over 300 Christians are, are killed and martyred. And, and I don't like it when my pants don't fit right, right? And so, but facing facing and saying, Lord, make me who you want me to be through each and every difficulty. The third thing is that we have to replace our worry time with word time. There's a reason that we've been talking about a lot of scriptures and that I've been sharing a lot of scriptures this morning. We have to take the same amount of energy that we would have spent thinking about the problem and we have to focus on God's word in that situation. If you will simply take, it's, it's as simple as, it almost seems too simplistic. Take that word of God and you apply it to that situation. Well, I don't know which scripture. Get in that scripture. Set aside time to just get in the word. Let the word of God just apply to your world. At first you're like, and you'll see that attitude shift. You'll see that change. You'll see the perspective shift. And you begin to see God's perspective on things. Find that word. You know, we have, uh, I don't think the inventors of Google knew what a great tool it would be in helping us study the word of God. I'm not talking about somebody's commentary. I'm talking about, isn't there a scripture about troubles? Troubles, scripture, bam, there it is. If you don't even know where to start, open that word wherever you can find it, digitally, in paper, anything you can, and apply the word of God to your life. You know, I've been challenged lately to take the same time that I would have been playing solitaire and just find a scripture on something. Any minute. You know, they have those few minutes in between times when you don't know what you're doing. Just go seek out a scripture. Find a word of God on that situation. Apply it to your life. Let it fill you up. Let it calibrate your attitude in that moment. And say, Lord, help me keep my nose up. Help me keep nose up. Because if we have a nose up like a plane, then we're going higher. And the Lord's taking you further and further to where he has you. The fourth thing that I would just want to challenge you with is that we have to fight the waver. 
not the legal waiver. I found out there's two ways to spell that. Did you know that? I'm not a good speller. So thank you for spell check. We have to fight the waiver. You know, they had that show, the survivor shows where somebody has to stand on a pole and whoever can stand on the pole the longest and they're like wiggling and then you see them. You're like, they're going, they're going. They're not going to make it because you start to waver and you start to wobble and we can lose balance. We have to stand strong. We have to fight the resistance to be up and down and up and down. Isn't that what people want to see? They don't want to see us up and down. Yay, boo. Yay, boo. They are looking, people that, that, uh, people that have not yet met Jesus are looking for people that are consistent. They're looking for people that are, that are solid. Um, Hebrews says it this way in chapter 10, verse 33. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Why? Because we're awesome? No, because he who is faithful, because he who promised is faithful, because we believe because we choose to believe, we know that he who promised is faithful. Unswerving means steady, unshakable, consistent, dedicated, and single-minded. When you make a decision that you're going to do, that we're going to be better, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on my marriage. I'm going to learn to keep my mouth shut. Gosh, you can do it once, and it's so hard to do it the next time around. Because you're like, I did it once, don't, get, don't I get any credit for the one time? And then if you, if you keep your mouth shut the first time, it's still kind of there. You just really want to get that jab in, right? So it's just still there. It's so hard, again and again and again, to choose that right attitude. But it's that consistency. It's as we hold unswervingly to the face we profess. You know, I, um, I wasn't like a, a high school athlete as far as all that. I know that surprises you, right? But, uh, but I actually showed horses. That was my thing. I was all into showing horses. And, and I traveled. I, I competed in places like Will Rogers, like those kind of stadium places like that. And it was a lot of fun. But I had a really intense trainer. And, and I would finally do it right. And I'd be so exhausted. And I'd be like, I did it. I did it right. And she'd be like, Jamie, I don't need you to do it right for a second. I need you to do it right all the way around the ring because you never know when somebody's watching. You never know when the judge is going to look at you and want to see in that moment, are you who you need to be? And you know what? As believers, people aren't looking to see what you've got. Is it different than what I have? Is it different? When the hammer hits your finger, what do you say? You know, is your attitude the same when we all get pay cuts? What is it? Are you different? And then what is different about you? I want to know what that is. I want to know why. We have to fight that urge to be up and down and to waver in what we believe. Because it's, we'll get that word and we'll be so excited and then, boy, the circumstances come. And it can be so challenging to hold unswervingly to the faith we profess, to hold that. One of the other things I did when I rode horses is I did the jumping thing that you see people do. And, and one, at one point, my trainer said, okay, I want you to jump this line of jumps. It was eight jumps in a row. It was eight jumps all the way down the arena, eight really big jumps. And I thought, I can't do that. That's going to be really, really hard. How do I know? What if I mess up on one? Then I'm going to crash into the next one. And, um, and so she said, Jamie, I want you to pick a point at the end of that at the other side of that fence. I want you to pick a point and I want you to ride your line. It's a straight line between here and there and that's all you need to worry about. She said, the horse will do the rest. Just hold on for dear life, right? And so, and so I did that. I picked a point at the other side of that, of that arena and then me and the horse went straight through and the rest of it was his problem. 
because we rode that line. And so when we're going through things, the Lord will say, set your heart, set your mind on what you know I've told you and what you know the promise is. And things can go up and things can go down. But if we set our mind and we fix our eyes on what God has planned, then we just ride our line and we just go straight through it. That's what Stephen did. If you read this in Acts, Stephen was persecuted. They wanted to stone him and he stood before the Sanhedrin and it says, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 7, he looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God with Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That didn't make them very happy. They went from uh, uh, putting him on trial to wanting to stone him. They drag him out to stone him. And it says in verse 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out and said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said that, he fell asleep all the way through. All the way through Stephen's life, he was a servant of people. He gave his life, and all the way to the end, he walked in forgiveness. And that's the kind of Christians we want to be. We want to be hero Christians. We want our kids and our grandkids to say, I watched my parents walk through things, and I watched them hold to a good attitude. I watched them stay strong, even when we had really good days and really bad days. And so it is, we can take on that attitude of faith and say, I'm going to choose to believe no matter what. I'm going to hold my eyes high. I'm going to say, God is bigger. And I know that this season that I'm going through, it has an end. It has a purpose. And, and, um, and he will take us through it. And not only will we get through it, he'll make us who we need to be in that process. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. I want us to pray together. So tomorrow morning, or maybe in just a few hours, the, the choice to have a great attitude gets challenged, right? It gets challenged in that sometimes every time you open email, or every time your kids come and ask you once again for the same thing, or you hear them in the other room screaming at each other, or, or, or you check those, those stock reports, or whatever that is, that choice to believe gets challenged. And we have to say, Lord, I fix my eyes on you. I'm going to hold to the faith I profess. I believe believe the promise that you gave me. I believe, Lord, that you said that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold to it no matter what, right? Let's just close our eyes around the room. Father, we make a choice today to hold to the faith we profess. Lord, we choose to have an attitude of faith that believes that no matter what the circumstances look like right now, that you have it under control, that it is going to work out, that light dawns for the upright, that, Lord, you, uh, your promise is heaven. And so, Father, we can hold to the faith we profess because you are faithful, not because of our own righteousness or our own goodness, Lord, but because you have, um, because of your faithfulness and your righteousness. Thank you, Lord. As everybody just keeps their eyes uh, closed and their head bowed, I just want to say a special prayer for anybody that says, you know, that that's great that you talk about heaven being an eternal place, but I don't even have a relationship with the God that you talk about. I don't know this Jesus, and uh, and so I don't feel that assurance. I don't feel at the end of every day that everything's going to turn out okay and everything's going to be right. But you know, you can meet him. 
you can know him and you can experience a freedom and experience a weight lifted off that you've never felt before. And we want to pray with you. There's even people afterwards that would love to pray with you. But if there's anybody in here that would like me to pray for you, nobody's looking around. If you would just lift your hand and say, Jamie, please pray with me because I don't feel that assurance and I don't feel that hope of salvation and that knowing. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for your faithfulness through each and everything that we walk through, Lord. We ask that you would set our heart right, set our attitudes right, Lord, through every difficulty. Father, may we be a shining light, Lord, and may we be a hero of faith, Father. We thank you so much for all that you do, and we just give you glory with our lives, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.